Welcome to Backyard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And tonight, it's a twofer this week, because you just got our episode about underrated musicals. Yeah. And yeah. now you're getting another special episode that was originally supposed to be part of our anniversary episode. Yes. Um, that we did not get to because of everything going on with coronavirus and work and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, you good? It's cold. It's not that cold. It's cold! It's like 57 degrees. The wind is chilly. The wind is chilly. I will agree with that. The wind is a little I'm bit chilly. I'm fine until the wind starts blowing and then I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby also has other things on her mind. Shut so. up! We're not going to it! <laughs> Stop it! So I realized... Ah. As I was driving over here and I was like, okay, we're going to re-record this tonight. Because like I said, we tried to re-record this before... And it was just a shit show because we were going to originally insert it into the anniversary episode, and then we ended up talking for an hour and 15 minutes. As we so probably will was, tonight. Yes. It'll so probably it was, be like an hour and a half, close to two yeah. hours. So then it was going to be its own episode, so we, like, at the end of that recording, put on the intro, and it was just a shit show for me to try to edit. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to re-record it. And I'm like, oh, we'll get Kat involved and <sighs> add her story into it, and then... She's more concerned with cleaning our house and packing up our house right now. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bother her. Um, and Abby and I will just do this. It's, it's kind of like a little special episode. Um, it's all about us. It's it's what we've been promising. It's, yes. it's our origin story. And what else I, I realized <laughs> is that with the four episodes we have in the bank uh-huh. for Backyard Broadway, yeah. um, they're going to hear all different snippets of where we were at within, like, the coronavirus at the time of yeah, those episodes. Yeah. So when I go to edit them, I'm going to try to edit that stuff out. Eh, just we'll so it's not like, you know, oh, we're two weeks into quarantine. Oh, we're a week into quarantine. Oh, what the fuck is coronavirus? I've never heard of this before. Why have all of a sudden is everybody, now we're six weeks into quarantine. Like, I don't think it's that bad. It's not that bad, but. Um, God, dramatic much. Theater. <laughs> theater. Theater. So we've, I mean, we've talked a little bit about ourselves individually. We've told a lot of stories about our <laughs> friendship and our theater friendship. Yes, we've, and we've, we've touched on how the idea of Backyard Broadway kind of came to yeah. be. This, this episode is more so how Andrew and I became friends and how that idea really came to fruition. Yes. Did I say that word correctly? Fruition, yes. I did! Yay! Um... um that's kind of what tonight's going to be about, and I'm going to apologize right now uh, because my brain is being pulled in about mm, three different directions right now. Three different now. directions? Yeah. This, the other thing, and that. <laughs> now when you say this, you mean this. This. Okay. All right. Just for those of you who are not aware, because we did touch on it on the underrated musical, <laughs> Abby has been without her husband now for three and a half weeks. Almost four. He's coming home Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is probably going to get posted tomorrow on, on Thursday night. Yeah. So he's coming home tomorrow. Um, so. <laughs> Thank we're God. Gonna, we're going to steer clear of Abby's house for about, you know, 12 hours. Let them get that out of the way. Um. I bought a new outfit and everything. <laughs> oh. I did. My. I did. I'm very excited. Um, she would not let me buy her a cucumber. No. <laughs> I don't want the fake shit. I want the real shit. So. Mom, please don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're an adult. Your mother's an adult. She can do it. I know, but it's still fucking weird. I'm really sorry. Uh, She's going to listen to it. Hi, Jane. (laughs) Hi, Emily. We haven't done that since like the second episode, second or third episode. We haven't given Emily a shout out. 
Uh, y'all didn't talk about You know what, though? We should give Emily a major shout-out. My sister's a nurse for Norton. Yes. At Norton yeah. Suburban, uh, and she works in the mother-baby unit, so she's been working with mothers and babies with the virus and yeah. things like that. So major shout-out to my sister and to all the nurses, out, nurses and doctors out yeah. there that have been dealing with everything. So I know I made the PSA on Ghosts and Shit last night, but I'm going to do it again because this one is actually a Broadway-related <sighs> podcast. If you want to go walk away so you don't have to listen to it again... Um, so I know a lot of people joke about coronavirus and everything with that, but I just want to touch on the seriousness of it. Um, why? This is an episode about us. I know it's an episode about us, but and we're not serious people. We are not serious people, but because you don't want people to forget how serious it still is. Yes. We are coming kind of toward the end of this first wave, and let's put it that way. because Broadway just extended their shutdown to Labor Day. Yes. And I'm very upset about it. And it's not because I had any plans to go to New York before With Labor Day. With what money? With what money? But it's just that, you know, it's because theater is such a huge part of my life. Well, bo- both of our lives. Yeah. It's really hitting me hard because I don't know what that means for theater in our area. I don't know if, you know, community theaters and, you know, the dinner theater. Hashtag side note. Speaking of theater in our area, I got an email from Whodunit the other day asking if I wanted my tips mailed to me or if I wanted to donate it to Whodunit. Mailed to you? Yes. It's $15, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. I, I was like, I literally texted him back, and he was very nice about it. Yeah, I was I like, have Venmo. I like, I should have told him that, but let's be honest, I don't think he knows how Venmo works. Mm. Um, I t- politely texted him back. I'm like, if you could please mail it to me, here is my address. Every little bit helps right now. And he was like, I hear that. We're sending it tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. okay, I still haven't fucking gotten it. Um, but that's okay. So just keep in mind that there are still things out there where you can get your theater. There's Stars in the House with Seth Rudetsky. Yeah. They're doing, there's all sorts of concerts. And They're releasing a lot of stuff on YouTube Yes, and stuff. live streams, things like that. They're trying their best to keep the interest out there. Yeah. But if you're still one of those people that's like, uh, it's not that serious. All the cases are going down. I had a patient like that while Jeremy was in New Jersey, and I about jumped the yeah. desk and smacked him in the face. Broadway's original Earl in Waitress, Nick Cadero, um, was hospitalized on March 31st mm-hmm. um, with a misdiagnosis of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. It was COVID. He's been in a medically induced coma since March 31st. Yes. Because of complications from the coronavirus. He had his right leg amputated on April 18th. Yes. He finally woke up yesterday. Yes. Finally woke up. And so for all of you out there that's like, it's not that serious. This is a man who thought he had a cold, then thought he had pneumonia, thought, oh, Broadway's shutting down. I'm going to get to go back to work this summer. (laughs) And now as a musical theater performer... He ha- he can't. He can't. He's yes. He can still sing. He can still act. But as far as dancing goes, mm-hmm. but it you know he has a lot of um, rehabilitation and adaptations that he has to go through. Yes, his wife has said he's very very weak, but he is tracking people with his eyes. He is able to recognize what is going on. Um, cause I'm following her on Instagram just because she's been updating his story and I've been following this since the beginning and it's just, it's really hit home with me how serious it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like anytime somebody's like, 
oh, I'm really short of breath, and I've been coughing a lot, and I'm like, okay, like... This is also why I have Andrew in my corner when I'm having really bad thoughts about my husband coming home early, and he's yelling, quarantine, in my quarantine. face. Um, That's why I have him here, to yes. remind me, because my sexual urges are very overpowering right now. So there is... It's a, Go- a problem. There's a GoFundMe for, for Nick Cadero. Um, you can look it up through broadway.com, playbill.com. Um, they've raised over $500,000 for his medical bills that are starting to roll in, it's going to be far more than that yes. because of all the rehabilitation he's going to go into. Yeah. If you have a spare $5, I donated $15 yesterday Yeah. because I was just so excited that he finally woke up. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know him from anything else but waitress. Yeah. You know, I, I look at his credits and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, these other shows that he's done. and But waitress is the thing that I know him from the most. And I'm like... You know, it's just been one of those things where it's it's, kept also, it's been also very hard for you because you you like as a performer you identify with him very much. So you guys have a very similar um, style style, yeah, with your acting and your singing. And he's his, very much a character ability. actor. Yeah. I'm very much a character actor. Yes, which you and I have that in common. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, even even if it's not you know the Nick Cadero GoFundMe. The Actress Fund is always wanting, you know, looking for donations. Yes. Because they're paying everybody that's out of work right now. They're they're, they're trying. trying to, they're trying to help pay bills. They're trying. And, you know, get them groceries and things like that. And, you know, luckily a lot of people are finding other things to do, um, whether it be work or whatnot. But, um, yeah, just, just we're at a point where, yeah, the world is starting to reopen. A little bit. A little bit at a time. But we have to remember that with that is probably going to come another surge. Yes. And just be vigilant, guys. Remember how serious it can get. Yeah, there haven't been any other cases where we've heard of amputations or anything like that. But that doesn't mean that they haven't happened. They just haven't been as high a profile as a Broadway Yeah, they just haven't been reported. Yeah. Um, Fuck you, train. So as I was saying before the train so rudely interrupted, Abby has gone to deal with her daughter, so I'm just going to finish this thought before we get into the bulk of this podcast tonight. Um, please just remember how serious this can get, and and stay on your toes with everything. And if you are a performer, if you are you know, involved in theater in any sort of way, remember that there are people out there that need your help, and try to find a way to help them, whether it be, you know doing a hand wash challenge or something like that to help raise money or whatnot. Even if you can't donate, there are ways for you to, you know, say, hey, I'm raising money for this. If you're interested, you can donate here. Da, 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 da. Um, it's just, it's, it's, theater has gone away for a while. And right now it's not coming back for a while. Um, and, for people like me, where theater is a huge, huge part of our lives, it's tough. It's very, very tough. Like, I am watching musicals. I am watching Broadway HD. I am, you know, trying to fill that void as best I can, listening to cast albums and things while I'm at work. Um, so don't give up on theater just because it's gone away for a little while. It will be back. It will be stronger than ever. All of these shows that didn't get a chance to open in their original time slot are announcing new opening dates in the 2021 20, season. Um, so just be on the lookout for those. Um, I'm still I'm still waiting for Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm so excited. It's, I know you're excited. It's, you I know, know you're excited. 
Are you done with your PSA? I'm done with my PSA. I finished it while you were inside. Okay. And I put a pause in there so I could cut out all that train shit and your okay. daughter. All right. So, now we can get into our podcast, our episode about Because how far us. are you into it now? We're just like 10 minutes in. Jesus. Once I cut stuff out. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You're rude. Whatever. You're rude. Fuck off. Um. So, we'll start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> when you read, you begin with ABC. I will kick you. <laughs> when you sing, you begin with? Do, re, mi. I knew she couldn't come back. Um, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so Abby and I met in like late 2012. Yes. Because you were hanging out with my sister a lot. Yeah. Um, and you would sometimes be at my house or I'd go out and you'd be with my sister or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we kind of met But not informally. really. Not really. We were yeah. more of acquaintances. Like, I, yeah. I knew who you were, but not really. the first couple times it was like, okay, that's her friend Abby type of thing. Yeah. And then it was my birthday of 2013 that she brought you to randomly that she was like, oh, hey, this is my friend Abby. With cue ball. Yeah. With cue ball. Yeah. Um, that was awkward. Did I call him? I called him eight ball. Yeah. Eight ball. Yeah. Um, that's we when she finally, like, introduced us. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, think she realized. This is my friend Abby. Yeah. Because... Q-Ball was with her, Jessica. Yeah. You. Me. And she had Lissa with her. Who? Lissa. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, there was somebody else, but I can't remember who it was. Anyways. Did David show up? No. No, that no, was a different. she was dating Q-Ball. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, So that's when we officially met was January of, of 13. We should have known then that we were going to be really close friends because you and I, like, we would go outside. Like, Was Nicole there? No. No. That was... Later. Later. Uh, yeah. But you and I would, like, go out and smoke, and you and I were, like, dancing up on the dance floor. They played Footloose, and you and I both went, oh, and we both just started going at it on yes. the dance floor. We should have yes. known then. That was that was um, with um, Luke Creeper and who? Rachel <laughs> and who else? Somebody else. We all, like, stood in a circle, and we did our own little Footloose, like, yeah, with our feet and, I did um, that with you. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, so... That's when we officially met. We didn't become friends for another year. Um, we saw each other in passing a, a lot. Yeah. 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 We yeah. saw each other in passing a lot um, just because of you hanging out with my sister. And so in the fall of 2013, I did Young Frankenstein and then I went to Cincinnati. Yeah. And my nannying job, um, they decided to replace me after I was done in Cincinnati instead of giving my job back like they promised. No hard feelings. Well, <laughs> that's a story in and of itself. Well, and if they had, I would have. We would have never become friends. That's very true. Because I started at the preschool that Abby and my sister worked at in yeah. January of 2014. Yeah. Um, and through doing lunches and stuff, Abby and I got to talk in. We found out we both really liked theater. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it, yeah, I think it was a. I don't know if you had a script or something with you. You were doing something theater-related on your lunch break, and that's kind I of, was looking at music at that point. Yeah, and, uh, and, I, and I think that's kind of what sparked the conversation. Yeah, because I was getting ready for Stop the World auditions. Yeah. Um, and then in March, we had auditions for Stop the World, and Mamma Jane and I were the only ones that showed up. Yes. Um, and so Ron, the director, filled the other roles... But he still had a role that needed to be filled because he had somebody and then she just decided she didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, she dropped out. And so when he called to offer me the part of Little Chap, 
he was like, hey, and I also need somebody for another role. Do you know any females, you know, like 20 to 30 that, you know, look on the younger side? Like, do you know? I'm like, I might have somebody. Hi. I'll get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> and so the next day at work. Yeah. I was up in my classroom mm-hmm. and went on my 10 and I was just, I was bouncing the whole morning Yeah, because I got there like right on time, yeah. two o'clock and then go upstairs. So I didn't have time to stop Yeah, yeah. Um, on my way. And so I get to go on my 10 and I go running downstairs usually cause in the building where my classroom was, I could just go straight down the stairs and out to the dumpster area. Yeah. But I made it a point to go down through the whole building. So I could stop at Abby's classroom. I threw open the door. <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing centers. You're doing centers. And I'm like, hey, do you want to do a show? And you're like, um, I guess. Yeah, sure. I'm like, great. I'll call you later with details. Bye. And so I ran out so that I could It stop. literally was that fast. Yeah. There was no conversation. No. But, uh, okay. Um, and we didn't have rehearsal that night. But I texted you and was like, here's the details. Um, this is what the show is. Can't tell you much about it because I didn't really know anything about it at the time. And we now know too much. Yeah. It's still not one of my faves. And so the next night was the first music rehearsal. Well, um, and I got there early. You told me to come early so I could, like, meet, meet Ron, meet and, Ron and, and everybody. And, like, I, I got to the theater. First time I'd ever been to that theater. Yeah. Uh, walked in and nobody was there. We were all in the costume room. You all, or in the green room, and all of a sudden, so, like, I I walked up to the stage, I went up on the stage, I didn't know if I was allowed to go up there in the back, you know, I didn't know what the procedures were at the time, and so I'm like, hello? I didn't know where, Andrew was nowhere to be found. It was also my fault for (laughs) not texting her when I got there to be like, hey, when you get here, text me so I can meet you. Yeah. That was my bad. And so, like, I kind of heard voices coming from the green room, and I went in there, and Ron and Chacha were in there. And she she couldn't stay. She had to leave. So she was just getting her script and music and everything. And, and like, talking about costumes and things like that. Yeah. And so then I met Ron, and I met everybody else, and then we kind of got into the music rehearsal. And and we did the, the You opening. fucking threw me in the deep end. I didn't know I was throwing you in the deep end. Yeah, you didn't know. I had no clue what role. I the, was playing one of the daughters. Yes. So the first music rehearsal, we did the opening number. Which we joked about that. The fact that I got that particular daughter because she gets pregnant out of wedlock, and that yeah. was my life at the point yes. at that point in time. And I wasn't pregnant; I already had the child. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so art imitating life. We were doing the opening number where different people had like little solo lines, and am I supposed to be a duet? It was supposed to be supposed me and, and my sister and who's played sister. by Chacha, but Chacha yeah. was not there. Yeah. And, and so they were like, okay, this is your part. I go, oh, fuck, I got to sing by myself. So it was me and eight of the nine women, because like we said, Cha-Cha wasn't there. So I was sitting over on a bench by myself so that I could hear my part. Not that he taught me my part. Um, we digress. We digress. And it gets to that point, and I'm like, and I was kind of looking ahead in the music, and I realized that she was going to have to sing this little ditty by herself. And I was like, oh, I don't know what if I, uh, she's going to be mad at me because she's going to have to do this by herself. I don't, I'm not a strong singer when it comes to being on stage. I am much more comfortable in my backyard with my phone singing with my friends. Yeah. I'm not comfortable in front of a crowd singing, which is unfortunate because (laughs) I do love it. But I'm just, I'm very quiet. My nerves get the best of me. And so Doug, the music director, was going through each part individually, and he got to the duet between the daughters, and 
He didn't realize you were even there. Nope. Had no idea I was there. Because he was like... Story of my life. Yeah, he was like... He was like, oh, well, I know another one daughter left, and I don't think Ron's... Because Ron didn't tell him you were there for the part. Yeah. Um, and Ron was sitting in the back of the room. Yeah. Kind of just listening to everything. Again, my first meeting with Ron, too, so... Yeah. And um, he... Doug was like, we'll just skip over this, because I don't have anybody to sing it. And you kind of, like, were very tentatively, like... And Ron's like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, my fault. She's here. She's going to play the other daughter. This is Abby. Um, yeah. And Doug's like, okay, well, let's do this. And he played it out for you. He played your line. Mm -hmm. And then you sang it. And I, like, I'm sitting over on the bench and I go, oh, hey, she can't sing. (laughs) Oh, hey. (laughs) I did good. (laughs) Because even though you are uncomfortable in front of groups, you sang that one out pretty well. Yeah. Because it was not an entire audience. It was a small group of people. And it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, well, I've already committed to this. i got to put my big girl panties on. And I was like, I kind of like closed my eyes and I just did it. Yeah. So. And I, then I threw up later. It was fine. And then, not that night, but the next rehearsal. No, was it that night? We hung out in the park. We hung out for a while that okay. night. Um, so we were, after. We were Insta friends pretty quick after we that. We were. After rehearsal, we hung out in the parking lot, which was the thing to do at Clarksville. There's not much. There's not much. Um. <laughs> We hung out in the parking lot probably for like two well, hours. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was that night or if it was the next time because your sister babysat that first rehearsal for me. That's right. And it so was I, the next one yeah. Jeremy was texting you like, are you coming home? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was the next one because your sister was watching yeah. my I think we, we talked for like 10 minutes or so afterwards. But the next rehearsal, we hung out for like two hours. And, um, and then, yeah, Jeremy was texting you like, are you coming home? What's happening? No, I'm and, moving on with my life. Uh <laughs> And then there was the moment you we need uh, you needed costume pieces and I kind of was looking for some stuff. Uh, most of my costume pieces I had pulled from the costume room yeah. or my sister's drawer of leggings. And I needed yellow suspenders, yellow socks. And I think you were gloves, looking. Still, I think you were still looking for face the face makeup, the makeup, yeah, for the mind makeup. And so he he you came and picked me up. Was this? This is when we went to. Um, the, but this was after you moved. Yeah, this was after we moved. So, like, less than a week into this friendship, Abby's like, so... I'm um, doing you a favor. You want to do me one? Yeah, she's like, so we're moving this weekend. Are you possibly available to help? And I'm like, uh, I guess so, yeah. Because we were working in a preschool. We had the weekends off. Yeah, I I was available. Um, But it was still kind of awkward because, like, we were... We knew we were going to be friends, but we still weren't, like... still in that awkward, like, first week Yeah. Um, where, and I've, I've mentioned this on, on this podcast before, but like when I first met Abby, first saw Abby, I'm like, oh, she's cute. She's cute. <laughs> and the only thing my sister would ever tell me was that she had a baby. Uh-huh. That was it. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, Because Jeremy doesn't care. come out very often, so yeah. I'm pretty sure just like, what's this fucking face? People thought Jeremy didn't <laughs> exist. So I, in my mind, I'm like, don't care if she has a baby. Love kids. Hey. And so there was this this little, like, crush type of thing. And then I knew about Jeremy later yeah. on, and I'm like... Well, you met him at the move, too. Well, yeah, I met him then, but I, you know, I'd, I'd heard about him, and Brittany finally told me that you had a boyfriend, is what she kept saying. Even though you we were engaged. Yes. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, huh, you know, if she's unhappy, she's unhappy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my motto um, when it came to that sort of thing. Yeah. But then... 
with the move, I met Jeremy, and I'm like, I stand no chance. What the fuck? <laughs> um, okay. And but then like, and this is going on. I mean, ahead, I, I, I mean through through the time they, those first few months, and we really like spent a lot of time together at that house. You you saw how Jeremy and I were. Yeah, I saw your all's dynamic, and I'm like, I'm like, well, damn it, she's not unhappy. <laughs> I am right now. <laughs> But it was, it didn't last long. It was like a one But I didn't even know about it. Like I didn't, I had had no no idea until month, like almost like a year later. It was, I think it was after I moved in and we were sitting outside talking about it Yeah, and you were like, you made a comment about something. I think it was about my ass. Yes, I made a comment about your ass and you're like, but I don't have an ass. I'm like, yeah, you do because that's the first thing I noticed and that was the first thing that attracted me to you. And I go, what? Yeah. That's how that conversation started. <laughs> That's how that conversation started. Uh, but, but it was shortly after the move that you and I went to Caulfield's. Is that where we went? Horners. To? Oh, yeah, it was Horners. Horners. I'm sorry. We went to Horners in Jeff. Yeah. Um, because we were going to the theater right after. And It we, was one of those things where I called, or I was at your house, like, that Friday night. And I'm like, hey, is Jeremy going to be home tomorrow? Do you want to go costume shopping with me? And you're like, yeah, sure. Because Paige was, like, not even two at this point. Yeah. She, yeah. Um... So, so we went to Horner's, and it was the drive to Horner's. I had never been to that Horner's. Yeah. Um, but it was the drive to Horner's. You put Wedding Singer on, and Growing Old With You started playing, and I started singing along and harmonizing, yeah. and you went, <gasps> What? I was like, because I had Broadway music playing the whole time, and then that song came on, and I kind of started, like, humming, I want to make you, and I'm like, she's not going to know this, I'm going to flip it. And you were like, no. And then you started humming, I was like, because no, nobody, this was, well, I just, we recorded this episode, and I don't remember what year the Wedding Singer came out, 2006. So this was eight years later. I knew it. And I'm I saw like, it on stage. nobody knows the Wedding Singer anymore. I saw anymore. the tour. Nobody knows the Wedding Singer anymore. Um, I love that show so much. Um, and that was kind of the moment where we realized that we were going to be, like, best of yes, friends. Yes, Uh We made it through Stop the World. I mean, we had many, many a late night Many a so many, many a late night of the bitchin' about the music director. That was when you played first date for me. Yes. Um, first impressions and uh, or I'm sorry, blind date was it blind date or first, first date? First date, yeah. The show, yeah. And uh, you played first impression. You're like, if you like wedding singer, you're like this song. And I listened. I'm like, I do like this song. Yeah. That became one of our duet songs. Yes. Um, um, I saved Andrew on stage. <laughs> Fighting off stage. Unknowingly, she. Unknow- saved I me. had no idea. I was no like, idea. I was just where I was supposed to be. So. Because of how I know I've told the story, I don't know if it's on a published episode or not. Basically, the premise of the story, this show is the story of this guy's life. The 35 years of his life. Of this guy's life. And the people that played all these people in his life were always on stage. The only time they were off stage was before their scene. Um, And so, and the intros to each of these scenes were very, very similar monologues for you. Monologues and 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 the musical, the, the music musical interludes the, were all all similar. very similar, and so me and I'm blank, Charlotte. Charlotte were where we were supposed to be off stage, and he mentioned the wrong fucking place. I'm up there doing this monologue, and I'm if you're familiar with the show, this will make sense to you. If you're not, so the premise is that little chap um, gets a promotion. Starts off as like the coffee cart boy. Yeah. Um, then he gets a promotion and. Then he is sent to their northern office in Sludgepool. Yes. And then Moscow. Yes. And then somewhere else. 
So you went to the it went to the U.S. at one point. So on this particular night, I started the monologue for Moscow instead of Sludgepool. Yes. Which would have skipped fifteen minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just doing the monologue, doing the monologue, and in my peripherals, I see that Carrie, who's playing the Russian, is still on stage, and I'm like, well, she's not supposed to be there. And then I look stage right, where Charlotte, Cha-Cha, and Abby are supposed to be to come tell me goodbye at the end of this monologue. Yeah. And they're not there, and I look stage left, and there's Charlotte and Abby, because Charlotte, so Cha-Cha's character isn't born yet. Yes. And I go... In my mind, not out loud, in my mind I go, oh, fuck. (laughs) And I literally, it was a slow turn to the audience because I'm talking to the boss, talking to the light booth at the back of the theater. It's very much like a chorus line. Yeah. I'm talking to the boss at the back of the theater, and I did this slow turn back to the audience and buckled my knees in and crouched, and I go, you want me to win? His gay came out it hard. It was the only time I broke the Cockney accent. Yep. In seven performances. Yes. Because preview. Yes. Um, and then I immediately, because the music director had stopped the band. What? Oh, hello. All right. Put the shoes back on. Um, the music director. Sorry, has, that was me running. There's toilet paper on my shoe. Okay. Um, the music director has stopped the vamp, which means that. He has no idea what the fuck to do. The chorus will not have music when they do come back in, um, even though the music was the exact same. Yeah, He I had know. no reason to stop the man. No, he just didn't know what to do. He was lost. So once I corrected, I finished the monologue, and there was still, like, three minutes of this monologue where he could have been like, oh, he's picked up where he's supposed to be. Vamp, 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 vamp. No. Did not pick up till everybody started singing acapella. Yes. I have words about this music director, but I will save them for a later date. Or maybe never. Or never. We haven't decided. We haven't um, decided. But, you know, after Stop the World, because I want to try and just focus on our our friendship at our theater as well. But yeah. after that, we, we became very, very close. I mean, we you were at my house constantly. Like three nights a week. Or more. It just kind of Mostly when Jeremy was working. Because you were very sweet and you yeah. helped me with, with my child and, yes. and things like that. And, and when Jeremy was off work, I was very respectful to let them have their time. Yes, you were very, very nice about it. And then it kind of, like, stopped being that because his schedule kind of changed. And he didn't care. Yeah. Um, and if he did, he would say something. But And that's that's when the texts were, hey, do you want to hang out? Not, I know Jeremy's not home. Hey, you want to hang out tonight? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm in your driveway. Yeah. Like... I still did that occasionally, but not as much it as depend- I had. It depended on how bad your day was. Yeah. That, that's to where really... I was like, hey, you want to hang out? Sure, I'm already on your back porch. Okay. Because, um, and this this will speak loads to my life, um, Abby was like my only friend. I had theater acquaintances. I had, you know, colleagues. I but I'm, it was very similar for me. But I didn't really have friends. It was know? very, very similar to me. Like, I had colleagues. I had work friends, like your sister and... People and Nicole and things like that. And um, and I had other friends, um, but I didn't get to see them as much because they were still very much wanting to go to, out every night. Yeah. And, and I did that for a little while, but it's just, it's not my thing. And with a kid, it's even harder. And Andrew is really great about respecting that and just coming and hanging out at my house with yeah. me instead of making me feel bad about not being able to go out to the fucking club. And it was really, it was a weird point in my life when we became friends. Because I had been really, really close with somebody from theater 
for five years, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And if you all want to know that story, I can tell it at a later date. Yeah. Um, but it fizzled out, and I was like, well, shit, you know, spending time alone, not doing anything, you know, occasionally... Some theater people would be like, hey, we're going to go do this tonight. Do you want to come? Yeah, sure. Great. Fun. Yeah. Um, especially when Q was open. Ugh, Broadway sing-along nights were the best. <laughs> um, anyways, so Abby was, was really my only friend in town because Ron has always been a dear friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, but he, he But he lives, lives an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and a lot of like the, our friendship really developed on my back porch, you know, just at, we spent hours yes. talking about theater and talking about life and talking about ghost and shit. Go watch that. Go watch that. Go Sorry, listen go listen to, to that. that. That's our other podcast that we've started. Um, and I, I guess a year later, cause it was a year later, Laura, cause that was the next big thing was Laura. And I was sitting, I was at work still, I was still working at the same preschool. We were still both there. It wasn't a year later. It was two months after Stop the World ended when they picked directors. Oh, right. Yes, yes, May. yes, yes. It was right before I yes, went to... Yes, you're right. The show was a year later, but yeah. it was after... Yeah, yeah, It was right before I went to Disney. Yep, yep. I did the thing again <laughs> where I came running down to her room with a script in hand, and I'm like, hey, so I'm directing a show. This is it. I think you'd be great for the part. Read it. And threw the script at her and then went out for Miss Marvel. And I did read it. And she did. And, and I loved it. Yes. I thought it was a great script. I loved the part that, you know, he had in mind for me. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about it. We talked about costuming for it. We talked about a lot of things, um, more productional, production yeah. type stuff leading you up to the... became like a really good sounding board for... Everything. Well, everything, but <laughs> at this point in time for... Laura. Because Backstage Secrets wasn't even... It was written, but you had not... It wasn't until after the Laura audition. Yeah. Your audition. Yeah. That you even knew that existed, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but... Um, so, yeah, it was... Because you had told, told me like about the portrait and how you're going to have two separate auditions and all this stuff. And you kind of helped me with... You know, I... I you didn't help me pick the monologue. But I kind of led you in the right direction of right. what type of monologue to choose. Right. Uh, because I had to have auditions for the part of Laura two, three... Two or three months Four early. months. Four, four months. months oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, September to January. Yeah. Um, about four months in advance because I had to have a portrait of Laura done because it plays a big part in the show. Yes. Um, so from July to those auditions in September... Like, Abby was the best sounding board for, like, costume ideas, set design. Random thing. This was funny. Was after we moved. We were at work. I was getting ready to leave work. And you pulled up in the parking lot. You're like, I got you a present. I go, what? He goes, actually, it's more for me. I got you a fire pit. See you at your house. Bye. And I was like, what? It was in my back seat. I was like, it's back there. And you're like, oh, it's a fire pit. I was like, it's more for me, though. It's a selfish present. And then he drove away and set it up in the backyard. Yeah. No, I came over later that night and set it up. Yeah. It was. But... That the, that fire pit played a huge part in a lot of conversations. Yes, so many. Theater, because I can remember sitting around that fire pit discussing the monologues with you and, yeah. and reading some, and some of them that were so, like, fucking out there. I was like, <laughs> what is this shit? We haven't done that in a while. We need to do that. Go through just monologues. Go through monologues yeah. and just read them and, and do different interpretations. But, so, 
because right after I gave you the script, I went to Disney with my family. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I went to New York with my friends. Yeah. Um, and so, like, she had that whole month with the script. Um, cause I, and I, I had also I gone on vacation. And you went on vacation right after I got back from New York. Yeah. Um, so right after you got back from vacation, until those auditions, like, it was a lot of, well, this is what I'm thinking, like, costume-wise, because she had read the script. She was familiar with it, like, freshly. Yeah. And so, you know, we bounced ideas back and forth, back and forth. I mean, if I could have, I really would have put, like, extra special thanks to my, basically, assistant director. (laughs) 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 Um, but I, I was... It was my first, like, solo directing. Yeah. Job. No, it wasn't. Christmas Bells was yeah, before that. Yeah, but you got kind of, um, yeah. But anyway, then the auditions for Laura happened, and I had told him this multiple times, and I still tell you this to this day if I'm auditioning for one of your shows. If someone better comes out for the part that you have in mind, that you see me in, you cast the other person. Because I am very much that actor. I would rather see the show be put on the best that it can be than be selfish for the role yeah. my, for myself. So um, I was on the board of directors at Clarksville at the time, and right oh, before... So the, many conversations about uh, that. So right before the auditions, I went to the president at the time, it was Jack at the time, and I said, hey, I, I need, I just need to get your thoughts on something. Mm-hmm. And I told him that you were planning to audition, that we were really good friends, and that I didn't know if I was comfortable casting you if you were the best choice. Right. Just because I didn't want people to think it was nepotism. They and still thought that, but yeah. it's fine. So he was like, well, let me talk to Lisa, who had been president of the board for years and years, and they'd been involved since the 70s. He's like, let me see what she thinks. Let me you know, let me get back to you. So he called me a couple days later, and he's like, is there a possibility that you could get some other um, directors or theater people at the audition to kind of help you make that choice. And I said, yeah. I said, I've already asked. Um, Which I, again, I think that was totally yeah, fair. I had already asked Ron and my friend Carol to come read with the potential Lauras. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Because the um, scenes I had chosen involved the two older characters. Yes. And I said, they're already going to be there, I said. And they're both people whose um, opinions I admire and respect and... I think if it comes down to it, like, I'll let them make that decision. Yeah. So audition day came. It came. I was a ball of nerves. I was so nervous. Abby was there. I was there. (laughs) I was there. And one other person showed up. In her black dress and her red heels. Which was a little... And her red short haircut. A little discouraging to me that just two people came out. Um, Because a lot of people didn't understand why I was having this audition so early. Yeah, yeah. When the show didn't start rehearsals until January. Yeah. Um, But I did have some interests peak after the audition. Yeah. And I did see a couple of people, but there were some people who were trying to, like, work it around their own schedule, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work with mine, and I'm like, I had the audition date set for a month and a half. Yeah. And it had been out there for a month and a half. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have the time to see you. I've seen, you know, I think I ended up seeing, in total, seven people. But the decision was made at the actual audition. Yeah. I I saw the other people out of courtesy, out of respect for the theater. Yeah. Um, So Abby and this other person auditioned, and they read, they did their monologues, and... Fuck that shit. I hate... I... Because... We started 
Did we did we start with the monologues? We started with the scenes. We started with the scenes. We did those. And then we did the monologues. And he was like, who wants to go first? And I was like, he's going to fucking pick me. He's going to fucking pick me. And, he, and I didn't want to because I wanted... There were two people. Yeah. But, One of them had to be like, I'll go first. But, and I did. Yes. I did. I was a grown-up about it, kind of. <laughs> and I went first. And she I pouted all the way down the aisle. I did. I was so fucking nervous. And I went up there... And because I was also nervous, because you were trying to make a joke of it to make me feel better, how you were like, I'm going to take all these notes and while you're doing your monologue and all this shit, nah. And I did, but it was really mostly so that she couldn't see my reaction to the monologue. Because my only experience with Abby... I as, love this monologue. I still have it saved in my notes. Um, the only experience I'd had with Abby, theater-wise, up to this point, was Stop the World. And our sing-alongs. Was, and our sing-alongs. And there was, let's be honest, very little acting in Stop the World. It was very, all very music. I got for, the accent, though. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect from this monologue. And from the scenes, I was like, okay, all right. But for the scenes, you all were pretty even. Yeah. You and this other actress. And then the monologue came, and I was... <sighs> because we we were very uh, respectful of each other's position with the audition process. I worked on my monologue alone. I memorized it on my own. Um, I made the final choice on my own. Yeah. I didn't let you know anything about it until the audition date. So that way there was no preconceived notions beforehand. Well, you showed me a longer version of it early on. And you're like, well, I think I'm going to take this part out and this part out. Um, just because to make it fit know, the time, yeah. fit the time and, and flow a little bit better. And I was like, yeah, those, those are good places to cut. Da, 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 da. And that's all I knew of it. I didn't really pay attention to it when she um, yeah. read it to me. But, so, she did her monologue, and I sat there, and I took all these notes on her, as I pull a pen out of my pocket, <laughs> um, all these notes on her audition form, that was like, god damn it, fucking shit, she's gonna make me cry, da, 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 da. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the F word was on your audition form, like, 28 times. Probably. And. Well, because I picked this specific monologue because there was a character flip in the monologue yeah. itself, which I thought was very appropriate for the part that I was auditioning for. Yes. Um just because of her social status and and all this stuff. And it was it, the monologue kind of starts off reminiscing of a of a relationship and how she, you know, a longing for this relationship and then it like flips and it's like but I don't give a shit kind of yeah. thing. You know, whatever. And so I made a vocal and physical change in the monologue for that. Um which I'm very proud of that choice. And I'm pretty sure that's where the F word got scrawled across the entire sheet real big. Because it was like in that moment I was like, I don't care what this other girl does. Like, this is, this is. <laughs> so, Fabi finishes her monologue and I'm like, that was nice. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. And so this other actress got up there. And I was also really nervous because Ron and Carol were there. Yes. And I didn't yes. really, I mean, I'd worked with Ron before. I didn't know Carol really at the time. Yeah. And Carol had, Carol had asked when we finished the scenes if that was all. And I told her that I needed them to stick around for the monologues. And I would explain why after. Um, yeah. And they were fine with it. And so the other actress got up. She did a monologue from a movie. She oh, did not have it memorized. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. I didn't even recognize what it was. Yeah. I completely missed her in- introducing this monologue. Because my monologue didn't have a title. No. Um, it didn't, you know, I just kind of said... 
I'm going to do my monologue. Yeah. It, it's not titled, yeah. so here it is. Um, um, kind of thing. And she, I missed her entire intro to this monologue. Yes. So, and I was like, I don't even know what's happening. Who is she talking to? What is this accent? I don't know she what's was, Yeah, she was trying to do a British accent with it. She was... She did not, not have it memorized. She would stop and go look at it and then come and back. And you got snippy with her. And I finally had to be like, just pick it up and hold it. Just pick it up and hold it. You got snippy? Which I told both of them before we started the monologues that if they needed to have it in their hand, that was fine. If it, you know, wasn't fully memorized, I totally understood. But at least they had worked on it at home type of thing. And so the audition... Mine was. Yes. The audition <laughs> ended. And... The other actress left, and Abby was like, because we drove together, Abby was like, I'm just going to go wait outside. And, and I, I like, did. I was very respectful. Yes. And so Ron and Carol and I went into the green room, and I explained to them why I needed them to stay. And I said, and at this point, I knew I was seeing two other people um, at that point. And I was like, but I need to know of these two people, which one they thought was the better choice for the part of Laura. Because Abby and I were such good friends that I could not make that casting decision because I did not want anybody to think that I was just giving it to a friend. Still did, but it's fine. And they still did, yes. So they both unanimously, without hesitation, agreed that Abby was the better choice for the role. um, That regardless of who else I saw, that Carol was very adamant that, that you do the role Either way, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, even though I was seeing other people, she was like, just see them and just tell them thank you and send them away because this girl's, this girl's got the part. And, and they were both familiar with the show. Yeah. So that helped out. And so, you know, in that moment, I, I knew that, that Abby was my choice, but I still had to see these other people. Yeah. I still gave her the script and told her the part was hers. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I saw the other people, and it just, it never, and Ron, no, Lisa came to the next time when I saw those two other people, Um, and Lisa said she wasn't impressed with either of them, and she was like, I really want this to be one of our better shows of the season. And it was. Yeah, she was like, do you have somebody else in mind, you know, from the actual audition? I said, yeah, I said, Ron and Carol were both very unanimous that I cast Abby. And she was like, okay. After that audition, sent off to have her portrait made and everything. And as I was getting, like, the updates from the artist, like, I'm showing Abby, and she's like, she's like, oh, that makes me look really good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, right after Thanksgiving of that year... Because I think it was during that process, it was the first time I'd been to Ron's house, because we went to Ron's house to try and take a picture for the portrait. Yeah. But it looked awful. Yeah. It didn't look good. It looked Just because good. of the lighting and everything. Yeah. And so we ended up taking one of my pictures off Facebook. Yeah, one of your senior pictures. <laughs> yeah, from high school. Um, so after Thanksgiving of that year, we started talking about me moving in to help you all out with bills and everything. And for your mental health. And for my mental health. Yes. And so then in January, in the midst of all the actual auditions for the rest of the show, I'm moving. Can we talk about that awkward moment? Because I didn't under- know that you're parents were going to be helping you move and so I'm just in there in a sweatshirt with no bra and here comes your dad carrying your shit and I'm like hi Dave what's up I gave you like a two minute warning D- yeah and I'm like hey dad and I will be there in a minute and you're like what <laughs> hey, what you didn't give two shits I'm no, like we're literally going to carry stuff in and, and whatever but um so I moved in we auditioned the show we met another really great friend through that show yeah um Cindy we yes. love you we miss you I do miss you a lot um, and 
That, it, it was... It was, it, it had its ups and, ups and, ups and downs. For and sure. we've, we've talked about it, so yeah. I'm not going to go into no, all the details. No, but I mean, but the finished product of it, have we talked about the whole thing of you saving me during that show? Yes, we have. We have. Okay. So the thing with Laura and the time slot it was in, we were up against The Lion King in the Broadway March tour. March Madness. March Madness, Maroon 5, Prince. Yep. Into the Woods, another theater company was doing, and 1776. Yeah. Because when I had two men drop out of the show at different points and tried to get other men to take the roles, they were all in 1776. Yeah. <laughs> it was also doing that that we watched the film, Laura. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I tur- We watched that movie, and I turned it, and I'm like, thank God there's not a bathtub scene. Yes. It's it's a wonderful film. It is a gr- I like the movie. I'm not saying I loved uh, I liked the movie. But it the was bathtub just, scene was odd. That was so weird. And the detective with his little game that he plays through the movie. Yes. I was like, I don't understand that, but um, okay. Is which, he stemming? I don't which, know what that is. In in the show it was a notepad because I took over the role two weeks before opening and had all my lines written in this notepad. Yes. Um so if you have not listened to the episode where we explained me saving Abby, just a real quick rundown of it, because I had my lines written down. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other actor. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. We have talked about that. Yeah. Um, but so I stage, saved him on stage. He uh, saved me also. Apparently I skipped on stage. Yes. And luckily he had his lines I, right I now. was like, she answered a question but was a page and a half in the notebook ahead of me. And so I like had to flip and find where she was. And I'm like, okay, how do I bring it back? Because there was some exposition within that page and a half that I needed to, we needed to have yeah. for the audience. And so we brought it back. It was fine. Um, and then the backstage one where I saved her. Ugh, uh, we've told that story. Go back and find it. Yeah. Um, we don't need to relive it right now. Dude um, almost lost his teeth. Yeah. And then we had the best cast party for that show. We did. We had it at my house. We had it at Abby's house. And we house. had given Jeremy plenty of notice yes, on about, what was going to happen yeah. because this actor that almost lost his teeth, even if they might have been false, almost lost his teeth. Um, we told Jeremy about it, and we were like, just just if something happens, you have permission to take this fucker down. Yeah. Um, nothing happened because it was really funny. He was sitting on his couch with his wife. wife? Who would not put her purse down anywhere in my no. house? Uh, and we were like, so and so, this is my husband. This is my fiance, because we weren't married yet. Yeah. This is my fiance, Jeremy. And he literally turned, saw basically Jeremy's crotch. Yeah. And then slowly looked up to Jeremy's face. And you could just see him piss his pants. Yes. And then he stood up in to, that moment. to do the appropriate, you know, handshake, nice yes. to meet you bullshit. Yes. Um, so we had a fire pit. say, I had no issues after that. Yeah. We had a fire pit going during that cast party. That was so funny. Um, I made, Jeremy will beat fire. <laughs> Jeremy will beat fire. Jeremy did not beat fire. I beat fire. Um, Man will conquer fire. I made Babe. Those, those delicious ham and honey mustard sandwiches. Um, and then we watched Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Oh. Did we ever finish it? No. No. <laughs> it's, it's, well, now in a box, but yeah. I still have it. It still needs to happen. We never was, were able to finish it. Because um, we were, we were basically, um, we were outside most Mystery of the time. Science Theatering it the whole way through. Oh, God, yes. Um, it was also through this time that Andrew and I realized we have a lot of similar, besides theater, a lot of similar fandoms. Yes. That we love. So that became a big part of everything uh-huh. every Sunday. 
Yes, Doctor Who. Class. <laughs> Don't get me started on class. <laughs> uh. We were the best, like, coming out here, you having your two-minute, like, walkthrough of the entire <laughs> series, <laughs> and then making more sense than the actual, like, series itself. So for those of you unfamiliar, Class was a spinoff of Doctor <laughs> Who um, that followed some teenagers. And after, I think starting with the third episode, there were eight episodes in the season. Yeah. Starting after the third episode, we realized that a lot of shit wasn't making sense with their storylines. Their timeline, it was literally, it was, someone must have dropped all these pages and just like quickly pulled it back together yeah. and said, here it is. Their, their timeline. So Made no after, sense. Things happened so quickly. Like, so absurdly quickly. It was like they knew they weren't going to get renewed for a second yeah. season, so we got to jam as much shit into this yeah. as possible. So, and even now, after we watch a new episode of Doctor Who or whatnot, we come outside and we talk about the episode. So part of the class talk back afterwards, I would do, it started <laughs> off as a 30-second recap of each episode for, like, episode three and episode four, and then I'm like, no, I'm just going to recap the whole season. And yeah. so it became a two-minute recap, and I did all eight episodes after the eighth episode because I was so frustrated. <laughs> I did all eight episodes in two minutes, <laughs> and it was just... <laughs> it was absurd. Uh, but, so after Laura, well, the auditions is when you kind of told me about how you were also kind of a playwright. Yeah. And you told me about Backstage Secrets. And no, was it was like, in between. Yeah, after the Laura, Laura the, audition. Yeah, the, the, not the, the January audition. No, 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 the first auditions. Yeah. It was kind of, you were telling me about it, and I was like, you were trying to tell me the premise of it. And, and I was this, like, well, oh. this was the point where um, Sarah mailed back, because I had I'd fallen out of touch with these other friends, had mailed back <laughs> the act one that I had written yeah. um, to the show. And so, you were, yeah, you I kind of mentioned that I was... A playwright, and you were like, "Well, I want to read something. I want to read. I want to read it." Um, <laughs> where she does her little gimme, gimme, hand thing. gimme, gimme. And so I brought her Act One. I read and it. I brought it to her at work. Yeah. No, I didn't because I wasn't working there anymore when this happened. I was already moved to Gardner. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I brought it to her one night, and she she was like, "Well, I'll read it tomorrow during nap time or whatever, and then we'll discuss it." We did not discuss it because <laughs> when I came over the next night. I literally walked in the door. She shoved the binder at me and goes, I need act two now. Goodbye. Yep. Go finish it. Go. F and within two weeks, I finished it. Yes, you did. And how long had it been since you touched it? <laughs> six years. Yep. Um, you are welcome. It had been six years since I had touched it. You are welcome. Um, and I became a pretty big part of that process after that point. Because I think at one point, your work, you had. I got stuck at the end. And you brought over, like, because I was at my mom's house. You came over to my parents' house and you had some notes and little scribbles and papers that you had yeah. found that you wanted me to read through to try and help with the ending. And so we talked through those. I helped you. Oh, my God. I came home, and he was like, it was after the first workshop that, because you had Cindy read it, and Cindy was like, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. Like, and we, we did the first workshop with Cindy and, and Richard and all them. And, um, and then it was after that that you wanted to, like, storyboard it. No, it was right before the second read-through. Yeah, because we were going to workshop Because I was trying to fine-tune it for the second workshop. And I had sat down with it, like, here and there after the first workshop. And, you know, had cleaned up some of the grammatical errors, spelling errors, things like Which that. Which I marked a lot of those. Yeah. And... I still fixed, do that for your scripts. Fixed some dialogue and fixed some plot holes. And I was still just having trouble with the flow of the show. So, one night, I sat down with index cards. And I wrote down... Scene one, scene two, like, 
on this bulletin board I had had in my room for years. Yeah. I took it off the wall. There yes. was nothing on it ever. Yeah. Except for um, Goodbye Chunky Butt, because I was going to make it like a weight loss. Uh-huh. <coughs> so I peeled off those, those letters and wrote on these index cards, like I wrote Act 1 on an index card, put it in the top corner, and then wrote all the scenes that yeah. go with it, who was in the scenes, and a basic rundown of what was happening in the scenes. Yeah. And did the same with Act 2. And did not know that that's what was going to happen because I come home and I go in my backyard when he gets there and he has it set up on my chair. And I was like, oh, so, oh, fuck, this is happening. So she gets home from work. I had already been like going through and I was just getting very, very frustrated with it. Um, and so I texted her. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I come over and we, and we talk about Backstage Secrets before this next read through in like two weeks? Um, and she's like, yeah, sure. So I go over there. And you're putting Paige to bed when I get over there. Yeah. And so I pull out my storyboard, get my cigarettes, get my drink, whatever, go to the backyard, set up the storyboard on the chair, and just sit and wait for you to come out. Yeah. And I distinctly remember the light from the room as you opened up the curtain, you saw the board, and you go, fuck! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or what the fuck? Yeah. And you open the door, and you're like, what is this? What is going on? Yep. And so I kind of explained to you, and we we did. We went through it, and we and I had the script. Yeah. And so different places where we were like, okay, what was happening here? We would go through, and we'd read through it, and all that stuff. Um, and we, we got it to a point where I thought it would, it would be ready for the next read-through. Yeah. Where I was moving some scenes well, around. Well, the other thing that we, you know, especially with the ending, because you had multiple different endings for the show. Eleven different endings for the show. You had one for each character, basically. And so we kind of toyed with that and what we thought would be the best twist yeah. ending and things like that. And the one that you had read is the one that we went with. Yeah. Um, but I explained to you the other endings. And, and I wanted all of them. <laughs> she wanted all of them. I wanted them all. Um, so if it ever gets done again, we'll do a different ending. But um, so, yeah, we went through, we, we moved some scenes around, we did all that, and then, of course, I spent the time editing over the next two weeks, and then got the scripts printed, everything, we had the next read through, and we, it was a couple of weeks after that read through, because I may or may not have pissed off Cindy during that read through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, a couple of weeks after that was when I went over to watch Rocky Horror, and I gave her her glasses, and... And it was all water under the bridge at that point anyways. Um, and so Cindy asked me, okay, what's our next step? How do we get this on stage? Yeah. And I had made the choice at that point to leave Clarksville. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't getting the support I needed, things like that. And slowly realized in the, what, three months that I was not involved with Clarksville. At that time, yeah. At that time, that that was my only choice. And that I was going to have to come back. Yeah. And present this as a fundraising opportunity for Clarksville. Yeah. And so I did my research. I found out what it would cost to run the theater for the two weeks that we would need to be in there for tech and for performances. Yeah. And presented it to them as a fundraising opportunity where they would get X amount for rental, um, which would cover all the operating costs and then some. And then we were going to give them a dollar of each ticket. And that's kind of how... That started with Backstage Secrets, and that was a lot of fun to be really be part of that process yeah. from beginning to end. Um, and I think we both kind of, through that process with our friendship at least, kind of realized what strengths we have as far as production kind of goes. Because I I helped you stage managing and, and assistant directing and things like that. And um, 
the store, all that stuff. And so we, we kind of learned where our strengths are yeah. as far as like we're like with costuming and the set. Cause like I can't really like just imagine a set. I need someone to kind of pick, yeah. lay it out for me. And then I can be like, well, how would that work and tweak it that way? But you're very good at imagining the yeah. set. So somewhere in the interim of all of this. Well, so I presented the fundraising opportunity to them in July. Yes. Did not get an answer from them until September, which Abby knows, Cindy knows, this drove me up a wall. Yes. Because the August meeting got canceled, so we weren't going to discuss it at that meeting. No. And when they tried to cancel the September meeting, I'm like, no. Aren't I on the board at this point? Yes, you're on the board. Yeah, I'm on the board at this point. Um, I'm like, no, we're having this meeting because you all need to make a decision because if we're going to do this next summer, I need the time to plan it. Yeah. You know? And so we did. We had the meeting and... Everybody agreed unanimously. Yep. There wasn't anybody on that board who questioned it. They they said, yes, it's a money-making opportunity for us. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and so we got the yes. I imme- The meeting was over at like 10 o'clock. I still called Cindy and was like... So I just we just had our board meeting and I just You're such to, a dick. I am. I was like it's just like oh she's like we're not they're not gonna let us do it and I'm like, No they are July, such we're doing it in July. And so then came the monthly production meetings. Yes. For Abby and I it was the the four times a week month yes. production meetings. Very much um, so. But with Cindy, it was it was monthly. We got together with her and, and would discuss because Cindy was my co producer. And because in Backstage Secrets, there's only one female role over the age of 30. Yeah. Um, I gave that part to Cindy because she had spearheaded me getting the show going. Yeah. She, you know, said, we're doing a reading of it. We did the first workshop. She was like, let's do another one. Let's let's clean this up. Let's do another one. Yep. We did the second workshop all because of her. And then she was like, I had this extra money. Let's do this. Yeah. So she was the driving force behind getting it on stage. So it, she did not, contrary to popular belief, did not pay for her role. No. She earned her role. No. And it was, from a director standpoint, part, or director standpoint, it was easier to bring in somebody who was familiar with it than to have to mold a brand new actress yeah. to the role. Because, yes, she's only in Act 1 and one scene of Act 2. But she's very complex. Yeah, she is. Um, Holy fuck. Let me tell you, when I was trying to write a new show with her, with Peggy, I was having a lot of trouble because I'm like, there's complexities that I have to explore because this is a prequel kind of story. And she's younger and I, oh my God. uh, And I kind of just like said that. So correct me if I'm wrong. It was somewhere in the interim between Laura and Backstage Secrets. We had that two, three-hour conversation about Phantom. Yes. That's spearheaded this project. Yes. We yes, because we're over an hour now, so we really need to get into the backseat. Yeah, so, like, we, we really, like, we were sitting there, we were talking theater, and we ended up talking about Phantom of the Opera. I think it was after I presented it as a fundraising opportunity. Yeah. Um, um, because we needed something to take my mind off. Yes. So we ended up talking about Phantom of the Opera, and... We both realized very quickly during this discussion that we both had very similar, um, un- not popular opinions about, about, the the, about the show and about the Phantom in particular. And we had this whole in-depth conversation. and Three-hour conversation. And at the end, I was like, why didn't we record that? We deconstructed the entire show. We deconstructed 
most of the major players in the show and then discussed how we both agreed on the unpopular opinion that the, the Phantom is not the villain. The Phantom is not a villain. I promise you guys, because we are we are going to start recording on a regular basis, this episode will happen where we do this. We just have to do our, we have to, we have to wa- watch it because it's been a while since either of us have seen it. Yeah. Um, um, and that was kind of the point where we were like, we need to do a podcast. And so, and we, right then and there, we we're like, it should be Backyard Broadway. We do No, it, it took us a while to oh, come yeah. up with the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, um, but we decided on Backyard Broadway because we do it. And we were, yes, all these conversations were in the backyard. And we started these it recordings was on your phone. Two weeks later, we were sitting out back and I don't remember what we started talking about. I go, hold, hold on, hold on. We have to record this for our new podcast. Yeah. And so I pulled out my phone and I hit record and we had our conversation. And so we started doing, and the podcast really, the ones on your phone, were really just for your amusement because I never fucking got, you to, never got to, to hear them. Um, because we, ne- we didn't know the way to get them published. We didn't no. know any of that stuff at the time. And so it was just kind of like here and there we would do these little recordings. Um, you had met Zach at, at this point in time um, uh, and we had him on an episode um, and then, you know, jump ahead, you know, a, you know so, so many years later and Kat came in the picture. Yeah, so it was was late 2016 we started recording these. Um, and then a year later, Kat came into the picture and we were still recording them because we still had, had our, our private time. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Even though my life had become more hectic with a second child at that point. Yes, so we... Then we were telling Kat about it one night, and Kat was like, well, where do I listen to it? Where where, where are you all published? And we're like, we haven't. We don't know how to publish it. Yeah. And she was like, we need to get this published. And she, like, started to spearhead this whole, like, campaign to get us published. And um, a friend of mine, Blake, had started his own podcast. And I'm like, how do you publish it? How yeah. Do you, how did you get yeah. there? And so he told me about Anchor.fm, which is what we use to publish. Yeah. Um, to get us on all of our wonderful platforms that we're on, Apple and Spotify and Google. And, yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay. So I started looking into it, and I sat down, and I planned out, like, our first three episodes. Yeah. And made PowerPoints and notes. and. <laughs> he had done the PowerPoints before. Like, don't. Well, not for the getting to know you one. I had not. I did not No, have but I'm saying, that. like, when we did some of the recordings on your phone, yeah. you had PowerPoints. We've reused those PowerPoints. We have. Um, But that's really how everything kind of got started, you know, with us. We, that's how, that's kind of our origin story. And it's one of those things where we could talk all night about it, of our, you know, little moments and conversations and things that kind of molded this weird friendship. One thing we have not touched on is how everyone thought we were fucking like rabbits. Yes. The entire time. Yes. Since, Uh, since I brought Abby into the Clarksville, or into the community theater scene, basically, um... Whenever anybody would meet Abby, when I would introduce, and they would see our dynamic yeah. between us, I got a lot of questions. So many questions. Um, I don't remember who it was, because it was very early on. Somebody asked me flat out how you were in bed. I mean, I could tell them if you... I, I'm not shy about it. I go, well, she tosses and turns a lot. I don't... I don't know! <laughs> Why? Well, I just... I mean, just seeing you all together, like, you all are together aren't you no we're not together no she has a fiance very platonic Um, yeah and it's it's been that way and and we joke and we talk about our sex lives and and how my son is your son (laughs) and and how i drugged you and all these things and (laughs) 
and and even Kat had a hard time with our friendship at the beginning because it was very foreign to her. It she, was very yeah, because a it, guy and a girl being as good of friends as we are, without there being sexual tension, sexual tension is. Very foreign to a lot of people. A lot of people. Like, even when Blake first met Abby, um, and she went inside after spending a little bit of time with Blake, she just went into the bathroom. He was like, so, uh, yeah, it's, like, you can cut that with a knife, man. Like, when are you going to tap that? (laughs) First of all, I tap nothing. Second of all, he values his life. sweet, sweet love. (laughs) Second of all, he values his life. Her fiancé will be home very soon. You will get to meet him. Or <laughs> I think it was husband at this point. Yeah, we were married at this point. Um, her husband will be home very, very soon. Yeah. You will get to meet him. Yeah. Um, but, like, and it was still, even after I got married. Yes, after she got married, it was still lots and lots of questions about our relationship and... Um, our affair. Our affair. And, I mean, even my family adapted. It was running rampant, let me tell you. Yes. Uh, even my family adapted to calling Abby my wife. Are you going to the wife's? Are, Your is dad. The wife come? Yes. Your dad. My dad still wants to meet his grandson. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've always, and it, it was a very, very fast friendship type of thing. We became and, family very quickly. Yes. And, uh, you know, from just from experience, a lot of those don't last. And we're very fortunate that this has. Um, I think you and I both kind of were at a point in our lives where, we were ready to meet those core people that we yes. wanted to keep in our lives. And it just so happened we were in the same place at the same time. And, and it ended up, both of us are yeah. those people. Like, we joke a lot about how I have two husbands. I have yes. Jeremy for I, the... Jeremy's called me the other husband on numerous occasions. Yeah, and it's, and it's one of the things I love about him because he, he accepts this friendship yeah. 100%. And he knows, he knows that I am... Terrified of him. Not terrified of him. Well... I'm... No, because I've, <laughs> I've grown to respect him. Yes, it's, but know, at the beginning. Not, in the beginning, yes. <laughs> he's a former Marine. I was terrified. But he's also, he's come to respect the fact that I'm not just one of those, like, fledgling friends that yeah. just comes over to hang out. I am, like, in it to win it. I am I mean, family. you've helped out with my kids. You've helped out There's a reason, financially. You've helped out so yes. many different ways. There's a reason Ian still calls me dad sometimes. Yeah. Um, but... I, like I said, we, we joke that I have two husbands. I have Jeremy for the sex, and I have Andrew for emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and that came from your mother. That did come from my mother. That came from your mother. That. And I mean, I mean, how many times, and the whole thing, like, between, like, us, my family and your family, we're like, you're just, she's leading you on. Well, don't lead him on. You know, he clearly likes you more than just a friend, and da 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 and, and she's just teasing you, and. You know, blah, 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 blah. And, like, we, we kind of came to this consensus where yeah. your mom just hated me because I wasn't giving you sex. Yeah. Because we couldn't um, figure out any other reason why she didn't like that. Yeah. So Like me? I don't know. So I'm going to get I'm gonna get deep for a minute. Oh, God. Um, okay. Reach just way because, down in there. Because we, you know, If you have about, to scratch anything, wash your hands after. Talking about becoming family real quick and everything. And it, it was, you know, Abby has seen me through a lot of ups and, ups and downs. Um so many times we've mentioned the three weeks of not talking (laughs) when we started children of a lesser God in the fall of 2017, I was at a very, very bad point in my life. Yeah. Um, And when we came to the second set of auditions for that show, um, I had, I had decided that I wouldn't make it to open at night. Um, Even though I had Abby, I had my nephews. I had, it, it was just, 
in my mind, there was no winning for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been single for several years at this point. I had been very dry for a while at this point. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, shut up. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, think about it. Um, you won't get in any and for a long time. You know, and the few times that you did, you should have listened to me. Shut up. And, you know, Zach was becoming a closer friend and everything, but still it was like a here and there type of thing. And I'm just like, there's no winning. You know, I had started back at school and I was doing well, but it was just, I just didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And I was very much ready to just be done with everything and had, had made the arrangements and, um, like I said, was not going to make it to opening night in January of 18. And I met Kat. And that just started as fun flirting. Very quickly changed. Yeah, because you um, listened to me. Fucking text her. You. But even still, the first couple of weeks, I was still not convinced that this was real. I was very pessimistic about everything. Always. But through... December of 2017, I really got this huge, huge, huge sense of family from you, Mm -hmm. from Zach, Mm -hmm. from Kat, even though I'd barely known her. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'd finished my first semester. I was on the dean's list. I had all these B's. I was, you know, there was starting to be this up. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I should see where this goes, what happens. And through through really the next year. Yeah. I still had a lot of downs. And Yeah. But no matter how bad it got for me, I had Kat, um, who was very supportive. I had Abby who was always gonna be very supportive. And then Zach too. And it was like and Zach and I are the same as you and I, we became very fast friends. Yes. Um, and it kind of made me realize that, you know, yeah, I had a family, but they weren't my family. I was like, my family is very non-traditional. My family are these people in my lives, in my life, who have shown me the support when nobody else would. And I'm trying not to tear up. Shut up. And I was, you know, I've never been the type of person that I'm like, you all saved my life, but you all did. And I I don't know, you know, if things had ended with Kat early on, where things would be right now. You'd probably be living in my spare bedroom. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Um, But it's, it's been, the last six years with you has been... A roller coaster. To say the least. To say the least. The <laughs> last three years with Zach has been a roller coaster. To say the least. The tunnel on that roller coaster lasted for six months, guys. Um, and then with Kat, it's been it's been great. We've had so many knockdown drag out fights, but it's always made us stronger. Yeah. And I can come over here and I can bitch. <laughs> And I swear this will be the only episode she ever listens to. And she'll hear this. I can come. <laughs> I'm over a vault, here guys. I'm a vault. And bitch until I'm blue in the face about something I'm not happy about in my relationship. And 
Abby doesn't even have to say anything. And I'm like, I know, I'm just being dramatic. I'm stupid. This is it. I know. We've gotten to that point in our friendship. <laughs> I don't even have to use words. No. I can just look at him and he fucking um, knows. And it's it's just... And now with with Backyard Broadway and Ghost and Shit... Sorry, Mom. Um, which is our other podcast on Apple. Go check it out. Um, besides for work and school, because there is no theater, this is what I have to look forward to. Yeah. This is, you know... And even if we're not getting audiences, it's still fun. Yeah. It's I mean, still, I've always said that with, yeah. pod, with both of our podcasts... For me, it was never about uh, list. Like I do it for listeners, but yeah. I, I've never been in it to make the number of listeners grow. It's always yeah. been just something fun for us to do. Um, because like with with my family, you know, I have two young kids. I can't do a lot of theater. Yeah. I don't have the money to do a lot of theater type stuff. So this is kind of it for me, which is kind of sad. Now that I say I'm that in loud. so much debt from taking Abby to see shows, guys. It's ridiculous. It's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's true. But it's, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would, it, it's, you know, and I can, I can sit at home with Kat and bitch about you and Kat's the same way. She's like, but she's your best friend. Like you can sit here and, and say this and say that and say <clears throat> whatever, but you know, you don't believe what you're saying. And yeah. I'm like, I know I'm just griping. I'm just, you know, whatever. And I mean, it's never anything like god awful. No, I, I know. talk to you about it if it was. I know. I think we've had one really big fight, and that was during the children. What was that over? Because I couldn't do the school performance. Oh, no, I was just very upset about it. I was. It wasn't that we had a fight about but it. But it was like we were both both super stressed out about all these things, and yeah. so we were going at each other, and then poor Cat was caught in the middle. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we made up, clearly. Everything's fine. But I think that was, like, the closest to, like, a big fight you and I have ever had. Because you've tried to start shit, and I won't let you. no. The closest we've had to a big fight was when we recorded that Wicked episode. Yeah. And I was just pissed off because I'm like, she didn't fucking let me think. She wouldn't let me think about it. I would have been like, yes, you're right. Da, da, da. But no, she just kept going, 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 going. And I even, when I went back and listened to it, it's since been deleted. Yeah. When I went back you and listened to it. You deleted the evidence, guys. I'm like, I heard myself and even listening to it because at that point I knew I was wrong. Yeah. And then... You're just, like, jumping on top of me, and I can hear myself getting more and more pissed off. Yeah. And Zach's reaction, can he can tell that I'm getting more and more pissed off, and I'm like, fuck this shit. And I think it was, like, a week I went into a slump. Yeah. Um, and then everything was fine, and yeah. I got over it, and it was... It was just one of those things where I'm like, if she would have just let me think about it, and, and, you know, if she would have said, no, this is what happened, and then given me a moment, and let me talk it out and da, 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 and I was just like it got to a point where I was like it happened a week ago fuck this it's not it's whatever worth it. it's not worth it at all yeah um and I just deleted it and was like move on with life um yeah yeah because with children yeah I was very frustrated very stressed out about everything and it was just one of those you know because it was like morning of oh can't do the show and I'm like what the fuck you mean can't do that? I was stuck at this house yes and um, luckily the rest of the cast was very supportive and, and we figured out because um, Abby was doing seat changes and stuff which is what made it very frustrating yeah because we had to figure that out with you know an actor who really never left the stage another actor who was off stage for enough time for you know costume changes things like that um but we figured it out, and it was fine, and 
you know, come the evening performance, everything was great. We went, went out afterwards, whatever. Um, so it's... I mean, just as much for you, it's been for me. I mean, you've been there for a lot of my low points over the last six years and been a shoulder for me to cry on because Jeremy had to be at work and, and things like that. And you've, you know, helped me... Like the night we were supposed to watch The Wiz live. I'm going to kick you so hard in the nads. That just speaks to our relationship. I mean, yeah, that whole thing was just... So, that story, real quickly. Um, this was at the old house. Um, we had made plans to watch The Wiz live. And you were at your mom's or you were you were doing something. Mm-hmm. And so, I got to Abby's house, like, right before. She was like, I'm headed home. So, I got there right before her. And I pulled in and realized their electricity had been shut off. Yeah. And... So when she got home and she got out of the car, I told her, and I could see that she was very upset about it. So we went in, flashlights on, we put Paige to bed, and then, and this is December, guys, mind you, this is December. We went and sat on the back porch for probably two to three hours. Yeah. And I knew that this was not going to be a normal just shoot the breeze type of night. Um, and I just let Abby vent and get everything out, I, and she cried, and, you know, I was that shoulder. I was there. And it's, it was one of those moments I'm pretty of, sure we went through a pack and a half of cigarettes pretty between sure. us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, because I struggle with a lot of the same stuff that you struggle with, mm-hmm. of, of constantly feeling like a failure, failure if I'm good enough, my anxiety, my depression, things that I've gone through in my life, and it was kind of like, when those things happened... As a mom, I felt like I'm, I'm completely failed. I'm not good at anything. I should just disappear and make and everyone's this lives in better. In particular, you, you and Jeremy thought you all had a handle on your finances at this point. You all yeah. thought everything was, was good, and I think it turned out that he just, you forgot to pay it or he forgot to pay it. Something type happened. Of thing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that it that you didn't have the money or anything. It, it just was one of those bills that kind of slipped your mind in the hustle and bustle of life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, that was a, that was a rough night. Yeah, it was. That was, a, <laughs> so like, I mean, just as much as Andrew says I saved his life, he saved mine. I mean, I had Jeremy, I have my family and my family dynamic is much different than his. Yes. But at the same time, he still saved mine too. Easily, and it's—I mean, even even growing up in two different, we both have very similar childhoods. Yes, as well. Um, I mean, we both grew up grew up um, in very different circumstances. Um, my family was always like lower middle class. Mine um, was just middle. You were middle. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had a, a few more. Not after we moved here, but after not before. we moved here, yeah. Um, we were, you know, basically middle yeah. class um, upbringing. My family was very, very close, very supportive, all that stuff. Um, but even though I had that, I was always uh, an outcast growing up. I didn't really have a lot of friends. Too, yeah. I mean, I was bullied a lot growing up. I mean, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but through like elementary school, my mom was my best friend. I didn't have one. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a... a a sense of like a good close friend until I moved here and she and I are still pretty you know we have one of those friendships where we'll go yeah. for a while without talking and we'll pick things back up but it wasn't until I met Andrew that I found like my core group of friends yeah. 
So, and I'm going to be 30 in, like, a week. So And, like, and, and Cindy, Cindy put it in the best term. Um, when I wrote Backstage Secrets, I didn't know Abby. I didn't know Cindy. I didn't know Ron. Um, you didn't know any of us. I didn't know any of you. And then when we did the first reading, I think, you know, especially hearing it, that you realize how similar to Darcy you were. Yeah. How similar Eugene was to Ron. Yeah. Again, did not know Ron when I wrote this. He's going to hate me for saying this. Did not know Ron when I wrote this. And the director's name in the show has always been Eugene. Yeah. And once I met Ron, and I kind of like... Because Act 2 was written after I... Yeah. I kind of like tweaked it so that he was more similar to Ron. Ron's middle name is Eugene. Um... And Cindy is nothing like Peggy. No, not I at promise. all. Not at all. Um, She's based on other people. Yeah, Peggy's based on a few other people. But um, Cindy was like, you foreshadowed your tribe. Yeah. In writing that. And and while, yes, they're family, the, these core group of friends that we have are family, they're our tribe. They're, you know, these are the people that, you know, should... For whatever reason, they're like, lockdown, don't go anywhere, you know, two weeks in lockdown, Zach and Rachel would come out here to stay, we'd be over here, we would lock down together. Yeah. um, Just because we'd keep each other sane. We'd probably go insane. Well, especially after these last four weeks, for me especially, it's been really nice to have everyone be as supportive as they have. And really helped me through Jeremy being gone. It's been rough. Yeah. Yeah. Two days. Two days. <sighs> I swear to God. You can make it. You can make it. I'm just... Uh. <sighs> I, I will do some research and we'll record a ghost and shit tomorrow night to, yeah. to also keep <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, So, so yeah, that's that's our, our story. That's... And it's gonna continue it's going to continue to develop and And I and I really like that now that we have the podcast we have the ability to record these moments now instead of just reminiscing we have it documented yes and Um, able to you know our listeners are able to be like oh I remember that (laughs) you know so like I said you know an hour and a half ago at the beginning of this thing you're you're getting a two for this week um our underrated musical episode and this one um this one is very much just a special episode Kat will be back for our next episode about um forgotten musicals musicals. um which we're kind of going to do a series on that one and then I had another idea on the way over here for us to start thinking about um doing a three-part but not back to back because that can get boring. Yeah. Um, about our favorite jukebox musicals. Oh, okay. And so each of us pick one for each episode, and we talk about three of them in an episode. Okay. And because a song played, that I was like, ah, oh, this would be, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if Abby would even think of this one. And yeah, so that this needs to happen. So be on the lookout. Like I said, we have some in the bank that I'm gonna get. Um, to editing this week and, and everything um, now that I really feel like my body's adjusted to the last six weeks of crazy work schedule and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sit down like each day and, and edit one same or two episodes. Because my work schedule changed about the same time yours did. Yeah. Um, and, and start to get them out like weekly. So that's all we got for tonight. Um, 
or this morning or whenever you're listening to this. So, for now. This is only for now. <laughs> it's only for now. So with that being said, I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And we'll see you next time. Bye.